last week on 501c3BS, we did a very basic grant writing workshop. Today, we will take you through the process of the grant panel. Buckle your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Welcome to 501c3BS. I'm your host, Sue Velasco, director of the Gianneschi Center for Nonprofit Research at Cal State Fullerton's Mihalo School of Business and Economics. Join me today as we debunk the myths of the social sector. We will cut down the weeds and clear your path for organizational growth. What you're about to listen to is the mock grant panel that we did at the G3X conference grant writing workshop. In the mock grant panel, you will hear Victoria Torres and Kim Sanchez. Victoria Torres is a former trainer from 1OC, an organization that provides nonprofit training, a professor at Cal State Fullerton, and a funder with the Samueli Foundation in Anaheim, started by the owners of the Anaheim Ducks hockey team. She has been on every side of a grant. Also joining us was Kim Sanchez of the Grant Professionals Association of Orange County. I'm the third voice you'll be hearing. I've been teaching grant writing for over 20 years. I've written hundreds of grants with a very high success rate, and I've worked in agencies who've given out grant funding. I've sat on over 30 grant panels. This was a dream team for a grants workshop and for a grant panel. So listen in as we debate three grants. One, a poorly written grant. Two, an average written grant. And three, a well-written grant. As we got these grants, we didn't know which was which or what we'd be looking at. I'll let you listen in. The first woman who speaks on each proposal is Victoria Torres. The other female voice is Kim Sanchez. And now, the mock grants panel of the G3X conference. So, um, I, well, I just feel like this organization didn't give me much to start off with. So, um, yeah, purpose of the, purpose of the grant, so just one sentence, the past project changes so many kids' lives, so many kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Nice to know how many. And then after this program, the children felt that they achieved something of value. So what, what value? value? What value? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just a little, everything's very vague. Well, not only is it vague, but it's patronizing. Like, the whole grant reads very patronizing. Like, like the people that are writing this grant are not from the community, mm-hmm. and they're going to help those poor folks in the community, yeah. you know, yeah. because they have nothing. It's, it just reads like that, like, you know, they're going to feel good about themselves. Like, maybe they feel good about themselves already. They're just living in a, in a shitty, you know, situation, but that doesn't necessarily mean they don't feel good about themselves. And then, I don't understand the numbers. 2,000 and 2,500 and 3,000, I don't understand. Like, they making that up, I think. They're nice round numbers. They're just making them up. But, and the same with the percentage, and everything's just nice round numbers. It's like, it's like they invented this thing on their computer yesterday, and it's not a real organization, because they're just making stuff up. It's like, oh, I don't know, let's say 60%. I don't know, let's say 2,000. But it's just the whole thing reads very patronizing. Who has to know? This one's not moving. Okay. okay. So, on the described agency history and experience providing proposed services, which is at the bottom of the page, and then in the back, it's like, I think it's two or three sentences. I always figure that part to be that's my street cred as to I have credibility to do this and, and let me show you what that is. And I'm not sure that 
sentences, these sentences shows a lot of credibility for the organization or credibility in running that type of program. So, yeah, I guess this would be the no. Ready? <laughs> you know, I don't know if they just never, um, if, if they're if they're just like making the stuff up, or or maybe English isn't their first language and they're not expressing themselves real well. If I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it needs a lot of work. Yes. <laughs> so that's a no. Well, yeah. So now you want to do you want to actually do Let's see what they think. Yeah. This is a real application. That's a real application. See? No. Oh, yeah. oh, I thought it was a sample. No, it's a real application. <laughs> yeah, this is a real deal. We took the names out, but it's a real application. We're protecting the innocent. For the guilty. <laughs> and honestly, I don't think I've sat on a panel where there wasn't something similar to this, where somebody's just making stuff up, and it's always very patronizing. And you can tell that they have very little connection to the community they're serving. But I have a fun twist at the end. <laughs> Regardless of that, on all of them. So thought your thoughts? Does anybody have any, any thoughts on this? They want just one, one grant. Right here, just That's one, one grant. Just one, one, this is just one submission. Yeah, this is one. The first one. They're really surprised. It doesn't seem like they edited it. Like, there's sentences that end halfway. There's grammatical. Well, that's why I think maybe it's the English is not their first time. That's kind of like a straight line outline. It's like what you want to say. Maybe they were too close to deadline and they just decided they copy and paste the outline. But you know, I've seen really wonderful grants from people that English is not their first language because. They interjected so much passion and story into it that you wanted to fund them, or that you know, even though it was broken language, uh, or they were smart enough to get help from somebody who spoke the language to edit their copy. So I've never written a grant yet, but um, when it comes to the formatting of this layout, is this what you guys would prefer, where you have each individual question and then they just kind of add the question? and then answer the question on the bottom. This one was a is this how you but every grant submission is different. Every funder asks it in different orders, in different ways. Um, it just reads like that because it was an online grant. Yeah, it's just how it printed oh, okay, out. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and stuff how it printed out. Yeah, some funders will tell you exactly how they want to see the information presented. Thank you. Yeah. They might say, these are the five things that we want. And it must be um, Arial or Times New Roman 12. And it must be Black Ink only. And, and so many characters. And so many characters. So you're usually answering their questions. And their questions yes. tend to be fairly formal. OK. So this one I'm torn with because um, I love what they're doing in terms of, I love the, the data around the problem and the need and highlighting what's wrong. It really captivated me. Um, but I, I still I don't quite know what they're doing to address the need. I felt like that was they. Um, like I'm not getting a sense of what the proposed program is. Yeah, how yeah, it's going to eradicate all those numbers that are right. Right. I hear, I hear, I hear the problem loud and clear, and I'm not 
quite sure what is being done though. Um, the goals are not around the program. Not it's not they're not goals around uh, what they're gonna do, they're just goals about providing they're not smart. Providing a program but not what the program is. I still don't I, I don't know personally I don't Oh, totally. Got it. I'm with you. And and there's typos in it that made it harder to read too, like the two inch graders. It's taking me forever to figure out. But oh the second graders get it. Okay. And then you have two inch forms and you have Okay, so that could have been a transfer error. Oh, okay. From the system to Word. And the oh, okay. also, okay. That might not have been that. That might have been more <laughs> transferring from the system to words. That might have been that. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with everything you said. It, it, it didn't seem like it seemed like they had all the backup to show um, why a program is needed, but they didn't really spell out what the program is. Yeah. So it says there's a 30-hour program, and I'm trying to understand what happens in those 30 hours. I read that there's master teachers. What does a master teacher do? What's the master teacher background? Yes. There's pre and post tests being conducted, but to measure what? I don't. I don't know what's being measured. Um, in there it says. Super big. Yeah, and there's a lot around like improving their attitude, improving. But if the problem is reading skills, then how are they improving reading skills? Yay! Got that too. <laughs> says daytime instruction is this daytime is it during school is it right after school because school gets out at what 2 30 so it could be mm -hmm. so is it after school program are these is it partnering with the school yeah if there's partnership with the school it'd be more on board right if it's if it's daytime partner then why didn't they mention a strategic partner because there right. should be one right which would all help credibility um but it says encourage ocde and like encouraging over in county schools but it doesn't feel like orange county schools are along with it so I'm just it's it sounds important like important work and something important that needs to happen but i just don't know what's happening with you okay how do you feel about the need statement being bulletin like that with showing data in a need statement a bulleted fashion would you that prefer it? That doesn't bother you? No, 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 yeah, it doesn't bother me because the point of this grant is to be just really quick and clear, concise. Um, I didn't mind that. That was that was fine for this purpose. I have trouble reading, so I like bullets. Yeah, yeah. bullets are good. <laughs> yeah, I think their need was fine and relevant. I yes, there, there's an old adage in grants land that you don't want to spell out the problem too deep yeah. without digging yourself a good program or project to show that you've got a solution. Mm -hmm. When you dump all that negative story data, et cetera, you have to come back with a program or proposal yeah. that eradicates that challenge, that, that change. And there's none of that in there. There's maybe three bullets, like we have master teachers, yeah, I'm 30 sold. hours of programming, but I'm not quite sure what I'm 30 sold. hours is. I'm sold. There's a is. problem, and I'm sold. Yeah, there's definitely a problem. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do. They've told us they're zombies and they're getting a gun, but we don't know anything. <laughs> 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 
Can I raise the yeah. <laughs> okay, so No idea where the gun's coming now, from or what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I have a question. I know out there in resume land that there might be a job and they might receive a thousand resumes. Yeah. And they go through a filtering process. There's computer programs for yeah. this. And they, in some of the aspects, they automatically rule out. If you're not using the language correctly, it's like, that's it. Nothing here, nothing here. Especially the government does this, especially. Yeah. Is there anything like that in this world? Not that I know of, no. No, not, not even to the classes that I've taken with federal grants have I heard of that. Don't um, worry, I don't plan on creating one. Don't worry. Please. No, please don't. <laughs> not at all. We no. still have one persuasive exercise language still alive that we're doing and that's in grants that's what you're doing is you're persuading an audience about your client's needs and how you're going to eradicate that so if you put that in a technical bot standpoint like they do at resumes where they have bots that go out and look for acronyms or words or whatever kind of takes the warm and fuzzy away from it it takes the stories away from it the things that make me when I'm on a panel, when I read a story and I go, oh, I want to know more about that child or whatever. It's a written form of a pitch, really. It is. Yeah. Okay. Good. Any other feedback? We found that the first page was very uh, redundant. It was like a lot of the semantics, like the explanation itself was good, but it was like, cut to the chase. <laughs> That's exactly the kind of thing a palace would say. Yeah. So, and then the second page on the history, it had been, it's very wordy. I can't do the shoot Dropping names? Yeah. I know who you know, so you should know me. So, so here's, I'm cute. So here's something you should know about rep panels. They will rate something like this on a scale of 1 to 100 or, or 1 to 4 with 0.5s and 0.25s or whatever. And they'll have a rating system, and they'll say 20% is need, 20% is the people doing the program, 100% is this, and so you'll have points for each of these, and then you'll have 100% total, right? So when you're in a competitive cycle, which is, let's say, when there's not a lot of money around, maybe 25% of them will get funded. In a non-competitive cycle, maybe 50 or 60 percent will get funded. Um, you know, when there's a lot of money around. So, most of the time, you're in you're in that 25 percent thing. So, what that means is anything that gets below a 90 percent usually will not get funded. And so, do you think this would get a 90 percent? No. No. But it, you know. It would do better than the last one. <laughs> but it still doesn't matter because only only the best cream of the crop is going to get funded. Well, unless you're at the San Wale, I guess. <laughs> but like, so the California Arts Council, for example, for years, only 10 to 25% of grants would get funded. And then two years ago, when Jerry Brown was in office, he gave them this huge windfall that's now every year. So they, they went from a $2 million a year budget to a $25 million budget in one year. So now, like 60, 70% are getting funded. It's a lot easier to get a grant. So it's always good for you to know those kinds of things, kind of keep up on the funders and what's going on, because if they get a windfall, 
it's a lot less competitive that year, and something like that last one may actually have gotten funded. I just wanted to point out that the first grant wrote was going to serve like 3,000 people, which is ridiculous. You know, if you're doing any kind of in-depth real work, unless you're a soup commissioner or something, even that, 3,000 people. That's a lot great. of people. Um, they can make that shit up. But, <laughs> but, but on this one, you know, like, these are very real numbers, 83 people, 96 people, 102 people. They're very realistic, something you could actually do. And then everything else that they're saying backs that up and, and in a good way that they're actually, uh, and it's simply written, it makes sense. So what, you wanna go? No, I was just gonna, I was gonna agree with him. I also liked like on the fiscal year where they called that an organizational goal. Obviously it was important to the funder that some of these folks or majority of these folks be funding in Anaheim in that locationary factor. So I like that they called out nearly 100 of those would be Anaheim residents. They were covered in their bases, showing their, showing their feathers. Um, I also like the story. I'm a big one on stories, and they have a little story about how the program started and, and why it started. Um, and I also liked the information about the volunteers. So what I, yeah, what I love the most about this application is in its being realistic and in the numbers, um, what you all didn't get to read is just the purpose of the grant, but it is Anaheim focused, so it needs to serve Anaheim. And I love how they weren't afraid to say um, their request of $1,500 will serve one individual. It may sound like very small, but the fact that they just said, we will, we will take one person off the waiting list and we will be able to match them. It was realistic, it was specific, and as a funder, I, I look forward in a year asking how that one individual is, like what the impact was of that one individual. When I get the, I get the feeling that they, you know, they're very specific in their mission and they, they have 200 individuals they want to get off the list, and if this one is going to help with one, some other fund money is going to help with two more, and that they're looking at it like, you know, one at a time we're going to get this list out. I also like that, I, I forgot to mention this, I also like that they're based on a model program, which kind of goes with your story thing, yeah. but I'm a big fan of model programs because I think too many people are reinventing the wheel when it's already out there, and exactly. somebody's done it really much better somewhere else, mm -hmm. and they just never did the research, and I like that. You know, they pick something that's already been working somewhere else and, and implementing it. Yeah, and then like you were saying, the first one, they said they're going to serve 3,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like $1,500, really, that's amazing. It's going to be the worst program ever. Like, they're going to give each person a pay. Exactly. <laughs> Here you go. Send them all their, here's your tuppence. Come on. So just bringing, it, it, helps, it helps me understand this. So this org really did the work in knowing what it costs to serve their clients and consumers and wasn't afraid to share that with us. Because I know some orgs are a little cautious, like, ooh, that's a lot of money for one individual. Maybe they won't give us that money. changes their life generation. Right, but sometimes I think I think organizations are a little worried to give that true cost. Yeah. So that's they, true. they gave the true cost, so I like that. What was it like just watching us deliberate? 
let's move it to the I think it was helpful hearing you search for clarity. Yeah. And the speed in which you judge them, too. <laughs> yeah, I, you, you know, just so you know, usually on a panel, you'll get these between a week and two weeks prior, sometimes longer. But generally, two weeks, and every once in a while, it'll be like a week. And you, these will show up in your mailbox in a box. Or a zip folder. Yeah, or a zip folder. And um, because a lot of panelists are older, maybe not as computer literate, they usually give you a hard copy and a zip drive, or they'll ask you which one you want. But then you, you have like a week to read through this, but you're working. So, you know, you really, in reality, might have a few hours here, a few hours there. But you have to read through and you have to score and you have to make sure you want to, you've highlighted the points you want to make to the committee um, because you know that some people are budget hawks and all they care about is the budget and they're going to be all over that budget. And other people are the story people and they're going to be all over, you know, what the story is. And other people are going to be looking at the statistics and the, you know, the real kind of nuts and bolts thing. I, I'm a bullshit meter. I look for the bullshit and try to suss that out, you know, and try to see where, you know, where the truth is on the grant. Um, and, and that's kind of what I feel like my job is on the panel, to suss out the, 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 the troubles. <laughs> so even with all that, so here's the, the um, fun part, or fun part. Um, even with all that, what also this comes down to is your relationships. Because um, all three of these got funded. Wow. Yes. Now you might ask yourself, <laughs> why? Why? Because um, on the committee that reviewed these, somebody vouched for every single one. Somebody vouched for one organization not having a grant writer on staff, and they're 100% volunteer-led, and they don't have the capacity to pay someone to spend time writing the grant. So in that, in that case, like the first grant that made such grandiose claims, yeah. what happens when the report comes at the end? So that, well, and that's, and that's on the organ, that's on the committee panel to entrust that we're still giving you the funds, so make sure that you do write on the report. But, but that came down to a relationship. So that's the moral of the story. That's the, the, the relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I that for the end because yeah. no matter what you you saw grants at each three levels. Okay. One that you're like, holy cow! How did that? How did that even make it to being submitted? To great, but eh, you know, it could have been a little bit better. Missing pieces. To this or the last one didn't need a relationship. So they, they they did a well enough job to get through, and then maybe a relationship will now be built based on that because there was some really good, credible um, statistics and writing, and we'll want to get to know them more for future. 
But that first one, someone on the on the board, uh, you know. If this was a statewide grant or federal grant where you can't rely on local relationships, yeah. only one of these would possibly be funded. Right, right. Um, but that shows the power of relationships. And you know, I used to tell people I had an 80 some percent success rate with grants. But that's because most of the grants I already knew I was gonna get before I ever wrote the grant. Because I I talked with the funder, I saw what they wanted versus what we needed to do versus what our mission statement was. I, I crafted it with the funder as much as possible. And by the time I actually wrote the grant, I knew exactly what they wanted, what we needed to do, and I was just writing it out. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm literally, I'm not a great writer. You've read my book, I'm not a great writer. but. I'm an okay writer, but I'm not great. I mean, I'm That's not. That's not the name of his book. I'm not a great writer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. I'm not going to write the great American novels. What I'm saying. I'm not going to be I don't like. Know, I think you might have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm, but but I'm a good enough writer to get the point across because I'm a good storyteller. I'm a great storyteller. You know how to take notes. Yeah. But so, then you have the relationship. Yeah. But it's the relationship going into the right. committee panel to vouch for. Right. What other people probably didn't like or didn't see. So when I've been on panels, that's what's happened. Especially when I'm, if you're newer to the committee or you're newer to the process, which is important for foundations to do so that they get fresh minds and fresh eyes. I know I came into one process uh, very critical and very, but I also came, I also did this for a living, and so um, I had to also learn to maybe scale it back a little bit because there were things I didn't know about the work, but the committee members actually appreciated my comments because they didn't see things that way because they had been kind of, they had blind spots for several years with organizations because they just had a relationship or they were on the board or they were, um, you know, just, uh, it, was, it was just kind of the norm to give to certain um, boards. And then trying to open space for new boards. Right? to open space for new funding and, and new opportunities um, and work with the organization differently. So at the end of the day, I'm learning even more how relationships are important in this process. Yeah, it's all about relationships. I mean, everything in fundraising is about relationships. Yeah. So if you're embarking on doing more grants, writing more grants, uh, you can't rely on your grant writer to just, don't expect them to just write it and get it. There's stewardship beyond that. And if you don't get it, you can't be afraid, you, not the grant writer, but you, the person in the organization, to follow up and reach out. Right? Especially if you're a contracted grant writer. I mean, you work with so many orgs. Yeah. But even I, I mean, if they're not going to follow up, I'm going to follow up. Right. Because I want to know where where all our building pieces, what happened, why, why did it not? Because I don't like writing grants unless I have a relationship. It would be like negative 2% doing that for me because it's a waste of time. Um, I rarely get funded on things without a relationship. Um, but it's not my relationship as a grant consultant to have. I can help the organization obtain a relationship. I can foster that relationship. I can give them plenty of information to help them steward that relationship through, but it's up to them to make the relationship happen. If they have board members that go like this, I don't like talking to people. 
it's going to be a long road because that's part of what we do. We talk to people. We pitch people on what our solution is for whatever we're working on. So as a grant writer that's outside, my whole goal is to get that board and that staff involved in that process. And I can help them with that. I can even, I've gone to coffee with funders and a client. You know, it kills me that people who are very compassionate, trying to save the world, can meet with kids who, you know, have been to jail, um, have have done things that, you know, maybe they regret, regret, have had drug problems, and meet with them, be very compassionate, be sweet and loving, and then talk to a funder as if they're a money tree, like they're, you know, they're not a person and they're, they're some other thing that's just there to give me money and not have the same kind of compassion and relationship to the person who's funding that program as they would with the person that they're meeting with in the program. I have a question. I'm just curious, like, if there's an organization that's small and they don't have a grant writer, is there any resources where um, possibly, like, pro bono or free, like, a consultant or... Grant Professionals Association like helps you review your, your grant application before you turn it in? Yeah. Okay. Um, several times over the last couple of years, I was president. Now I have a very good president. We will get email requests off our website to reread somebody's LOI, okay. and we'll do that for them, and we'll make constructive criticism. You know, like you might want to move this paragraph here or whatever it might be. Yes. Yeah, I'll give you, I've got a few business cards here for GPA. If not, you can always look it up at gpaorangecounty.org. I think the, the other thing you can do is, if you have mentors who've sat on grant panels before, have them look at it. If you have people who are journalist majors, have them look at it, because it is a journalist style of writing. Um, or, or just get in a support group with other people with the same size organizations and you know, share each other's LOIs one day. Just, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, so I, yes, thank you. Yeah, I would get this all the time that come out that when I see people would call and say, I need help with this, or I need help with that. What it came down to is, um, I'm like, so you want, you need a friend? You want someone to hang out with and give you advice and talk to like, so, I mean, reach out to other professional, reach out to others and create your own thing. Like, don't, you know, don't always depend on, the networks are great and maybe start there, but um, we can't be afraid to venture off and create our own groups and our own networks and our own, I mean, I love your chapter in your book on resource mapping, but in there, but in there you talk about networks and that's the only way that you're going to um, expand your reach but learn, because you never know, in asking someone to re review your grant, you may they may mention another grant coming down the We all need to get into a practice of not just collaboration, but sharing. I mean, at the end of the day, there is more than enough to go around. Um, we should not be in a competitive, you know, feel like there's competition or that we're in a world of limited funds and limited resources. When one funder drops one area, another one picks up. So we need to share, we need to... Collaboratives are your friends. Yes. And there's collaboratives all over Orange County that are very good. Mm -hmm. And not just in person, now there's like 
Eve, there's what are your e-villages, and there's online networks now. Like there's so much DPA on there. Yeah, we have an online thing that you can AFP is a national You know what's weird is I, I monitor Reddit's uh, nonprofit forum a lot, and people ask really dumb questions sometimes. <laughs> and it's amazing how patient the people are that answer those questions and give really good answers. And nine out of 10 times, maybe 95 out of 100 times, the answers are really, really good. I'm just amazed at the quality of this online forum when anybody could answer anything. The answers are really uh, learned and thoughtful and most of the time what I would answer. So I end up just liking it and moving on. <laughs> Sometimes I answer this myself. I don't Good reviewers like also are people that don't know your product or what you're writing about. Like, my husband knows nothing about a specific client, and I give him the grant to read. And then I have a conversation with him to see, did he get it? Yeah. And if he asks questions, I'm like, oh, maybe I should like rethink how I formulated that sentence or draft that. So, we always, there's a, like a, a grant writer's rule of thumb, keep your level of writing at seventh grade so that people can run through it, spin through it. So, um, thank you for coming, and we'll be here all week. Lots of great thank you. listening to 501c3BS, Deprogramming for Organizational Growth. I'm your host, Zoo Velasco. 501c3BS is sponsored by the Gianneschi Center for Nonprofit Research at California State University Fullerton and the Mahalo School of Business. Gianneschi is spelled G-I-A-N-N-E-S-C-H-I. That's G-I-A-N-N-E-S-C-H-I. Gianneschi Center for Nonprofit Research at California State University Fullerton and the Mahalo School of Business. Check out my Twitter feed at 501c3bs, my webpage at zootvelasco.com, and my book, The First Hundred Days, on Amazon. The music is provided to us from our good friends at the traditional Brazilian choro group, Grupo Falso Baiano and Amy Molinelli. Find them at grupofalsobaiano.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great day free from BS.